Bottom line is Voice America Business. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Alexis Martin-Neely, who is the president and founder of the Family Wealth Planning Institute. Welcome to the show, Alexis. Thank you very much, Jordan. Let's just start a little bit with your background and uh, kind of what your experience has been leading up to creating of, of the Institute. Okay, great. I started off at a a big law firm coming out of law school, just like most lawyers do, and I expected that when I came out of law school, I would be a trusted advisor to people, that I would be helping them to make great decisions through their lifetime, and then I would be there for their loved ones uh, after they couldn't be. And what I found is that my expectation was far, far different than reality. In reality, what was happening is that people would come into our office and sign some documents, uh, take those documents home, mark estate planning is done on their checklist, put the documents away on a shelf or in a drawer and never look at them again. And then in most cases, that those set of documents that they had created wouldn't work when their family needed them the most. In fact, that actually happened in my own family when I was in law, uh, when I was in law school. My father-in-law died and all of a sudden we were dealing with the probate court. And I couldn't understand why. I knew that he had worked with a lawyer. I knew he had set up an estate plan specifically to avoid the probate court. And uh, I found out after looking through his little fancy binder that he had that there was a letter in there that said, congratulations on your estate plan. Now go move all of your assets into your trust. Well, my father-in-law never did that. His lawyer never did that. And at the time, I thought for sure this must have been malpractice. Well, then I go to work in one of the best law firms in Los Angeles, and I find out it's not malpractice. It's common practice. And then I went and I looked around all the other law firms to see, is anybody doing anything different? And I found out, no, everybody's doing the same thing. The practice of law, specifically with estate planning matters, wills and trusts, has become about just that, wills and trusts and transaction. And we've gotten totally away from this idea of the lawyer as the family's trusted advisor, the person who guides the family through a great lifetime of decisions and then is there for the family uh, when they can't be. And so I started the Family Wealth Planning Institute to bring back this idea of the personal family lawyer and make sure that families were getting the kind of guidance that they need throughout their lifetime. And you do this on a national basis? I do. We do it on a national basis. I, I really started it just with my own law firm four years ago uh, in, in Los Angeles, in Redondo Beach, but quickly saw that the model was needed throughout the United States, that this wasn't just a local problem, that this was an everywhere problem, that people were putting in place estate plans that didn't work when their family needed them, and that they were making decisions throughout their lifetime that were bad decisions, either legal or financial decisions, and didn't have anybody to turn to. So I created this on a national basis. So tell me, what are some of the services offered by the Family Wealth Planning Institute? Well, the Family Wealth Planning Institute is really an educational organization. The Family Wealth Planning Institute trains both lawyers and people in the American public about, first of all, it's training the lawyers about how to be a true personal family lawyer. Most of us went to law school to be just that, but then came out of law school and found that due to the business model, the broken business model of the traditional lawyer, you know, hourly billings, form documents, all of those sorts of things, that it wasn't really possible to be that kind of a trusted personal family lawyer. So we're training lawyers on how to use a different business model, one that allows them to be a true personal family lawyer to their clients. So that's that's one side of it. But the other side is doing things like this, educating the public about how important it is to work with a legal advisor right from the beginning. So people are no longer waiting until they're in their 60s and 70s to be thinking about these things or even when they're sick to be thinking about these things, that planning is really a process that begins early in life. And if what you want is to be a wealth builder, a wealth accumulator, that you've got to start thinking about it early. Every adult person needs to think about planning. And so I'm out there educating the public, educating you about what it is that people need to do at every stage of life to make sure that if and when something happens to them, everything will be taken care of the way that they want. And throughout their lifetime, they'll be making the best legal and financial decisions. Let's talk about the downside of doing it wrong. And as you say, a lot of people are doing these papers and they're not really funding the trusts. or right. They're doing all kinds of things wrong. What is the downside 
I mean, a lot of people would say, well, I'm not going to pay estate taxes. I don't have $2 million or about to be $3.5 million uh, to put aside. It right. doesn't really affect me. What, what is the downside of doing it wrong? Right. Well, estate taxes are really just the, uh, the tip of the iceberg, and they don't affect most people. Although, Jordan, I'll say that so many of my clients are amazed when they come in and they see that they actually would be affected by estate taxes because of their life insurance. Uh, at least with the exemption amount, like you said, at $2 million, a lot of people have more than a million dollars or $2 million of life insurance, especially if they have young children, and they would be affected by the estate tax. But even if you wouldn't be affected by the estate tax, planning is about so much more than that. That's why I really can't stand that we call it estate planning. It's not estate planning. It's really life planning. These are all issues that if you do not take care of them during your lifetime, will be very difficult for your family to take care of after you're gone. So things like making sure that your kids would be taken care of by the people you choose, not chosen by a court making sure that your assets will go where you want and not have to go through a long, public, and expensive court process, and making sure that if you become incapacitated, so you're living, but you can't communicate, that the people you love are going to be able to take care of things for you in the way that you would have wanted, both from a legal and financial perspective, as well as from a health care perspective. I mean, think of Terry Schiavo, a woman who several years ago in Florida was on life support for many, many years because she did not have this taken care of. Well, she was young. She didn't think she needed to get this taken care of. But then we saw what happened. She ended up on life support with her, with her uh, husband and her parents fighting as yeah. to whether or not she would have wanted to remain on life support. This is something that can happen to any adult person who doesn't have the right planning documents in place. So in those cases, a health care power of attorney, a durable power of attorney, would, would take care of it quite easily, right? Yes, but the problem is is that people do these things on the Internet and without proper guidance. And here's the amazing thing. The, the fight in the Terry Schiavo case was not about actually whether to remove her from the breathing tubes, which is what most, most health care directives address. This, this fight was about whether or not to continue giving her nutrition and hydration. Yeah. Many, many, many healthcare directives, form documents that you could get on the Internet and things like that, do not address this vital issue. And now there's a new law in place. It's called the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, or HIPAA. And if your healthcare directive does not contain the required provisions to name someone as an agent under HIPAA, your healthcare directive won't work. We actually have this in our, in our office. A client called us. Her mom had never updated her estate plan and had always meant to get around to doing it, but never did. And now her mom was on life support in uh, a hospital here in L.A., the Kaiser Hospital. And she was trying to get her mom moved from this Kaiser Hospital to a respiratory center called Barlow Respiratory Center where they have great success weaning people off of life support. But because her mom had never updated her estate plan, she had meant to but never did, she had an outdated health care directive that did not name anybody as an agent under HIPAA. And because of that, her daughter was not able to access her medical records and could not get her mom moved for three weeks. Three so weeks it took. You're, you're saying that had uh, she'd done one before yes. HIPAA, but it was not post-HIPAA. And that's therefore exactly it didn't right. Help. She had yeah. not updated it. So and all the people what, that have had these things for many years, yes. it's, it's not really going to help them in many cases post-HIPAA. That's post -HIPAA. exactly right, and that's yeah. what we see all the time. I see people who did their estate planning. They were conscientious. They met with a lawyer, or maybe they did it themselves. And they did it. They marked it off as done, figured I never have to look at that again, and uh, that was it. Well, that's the downside of not having a trusted advisor to guide you because you don't know what changes in the law. And the impact of this change on this woman is that she ultimately died uh, after she was moved to the respiratory center. Now, we don't know if she died because of the three-week delay or not, but I don't want anybody's family to ever have to go through this, and it's what happens when you don't have that trusted advisor to guide you. So, so do you have some of these forms on your website and ways that there are more updated are kind of post-HIPAA, or do you... You deal with people individually. If somebody wants to go ahead with this, how would they act? Well, what we recommend is that everybody really. So there's a, there's a couple of things. Let me let me back up one second. There are some forms that we have on our website. We've actually. What I realized as a mom is that almost every not almost every person, every single person who has named guardians for their kids has done so in the wrong way. And 74% of parents have never done it at all. Okay, so 74% of parents have never named guardians for their kids. Of the 26% who have, most have made one of six common mistakes. And 
uh, it, it was shocking to me because every single person has got to at least do that if they have minor children. So I created a website called kidsprotectionplan.com where parents can go on and learn who to choose as guardians for their kids. That's usually the one thing that I hear from people that holds them back from taking care of these important issues the most is who to choose as guardians. They can't figure it out. They don't know who to choose, and so they don't do any planning at all. Well, it's so easy. We take people through a three-step process. It's totally free on how to choose the right people as guardians for their kids. Then we also share what the six common mistakes are and how people can avoid those mistakes. And we also give them an opportunity to name legal, to, to create the legal documents to name guardians for their kids absolutely free on that website. So that is a website where we've got some free documents for people. Um, otherwise... T- t- tell them what the website address is. It's kidsprotectionplan.com. Kidsprotectionplan.com. And is there Every also a parent, phone number? regardless of if you have $10 or $10 million, has got to take care of this for their kids. And is there a phone number people can contact you at, at, as well? Sure. People can contact the Family Wealth Planning Institute at 866-999-3974. And what you're going to do when you call up the Family Wealth Planning Institute, it's really all about helping you figure out what do you need to do. Because for everybody, it's different. For some people, you need to meet with a lawyer to help advise you on your personal situation. Everybody's personal situations are so different. And and, and you might have assets. You might not have assets. You might be able to just create guardian documents for your kids or maybe just create health care directives or powers of attorney or you might need to work with a lawyer. So when you call 866-999-3974, the the gals that answer are going to get you in touch with a family wealth advisor who is going to help you decide, do you need to meet with a lawyer? Can you just create free documents? Can you just create your own documents on the web? There are certainly some services that you can use to create free documents. We have to go to a break, Alexis. Okay, very good. We're going to a break right now. We'll come back with more from Alexis Martin-Neely. We'll be back after this. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, the Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, the Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, the work wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Alexis Martin Neely, uh, who is a lawyer and founder of the Family Wealth Planning Institute in uh, Redondo Beach, California. Welcome back to the show, Alexis. Thank you. Thanks. Now, let's talk about uh, the Kids Protection uh, Planning Guide that you put out. You yes. have nine steps to ensure your kids are going to be raised uh, with your parenting style and never be taken care into the care of strangers or anyone yes. else you don't want. Yes, and, and here's, what I, what, here's what I realized, Jordan. I'm a mom myself. I have two kids. And the first night that I ever went out of town uh, with my husband was one of the worst nights of my life because I realized on that night that if anything happened to me and my husband, that my kids were not only going to be raised by the one person that I would never want, but they would also be taken out of my home and into the arms of strangers until the authorities could figure out what to do. Does so, that happen a lot? It, it, listen, it doesn't happen a lot because both parents don't die a lot, thankfully. Okay? No. It's a very rare thing for both parents to die. But the danger is so great that it's not worth even the possibility of this happening. There was a family down in San Diego about a year ago. Uh, both of the parents were killed in a car accident. They had three little boys. These three little boys lived. And these three little boys were temporarily in the foster care system. Then their families, the families of, actually the family of the mom, two of the sisters, spent a year in court, filed over a 1,000 pages of court documents. Nine lawyers were involved. Tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars were spent determining who would care for these little boys and who would take care of the money that the parents left behind for these little boys. Now, this was your typical all-American family down in San Diego. You would have thought that they would have taken care of these issues. Their family and friends said that they had talked about who they would want to raise their kids, but they had never put anything in writing. So while, no, it doesn't happen a lot that both parents die, it's, if, it, if there's even the possibility of it happening, parents have to take care of it, and it's so super easy to do. And what I realized, Jordan, is that people were naming guardians in their will and thinking it was all taken care of. But when I thought it through, not only as a lawyer, but as a mom, I realized that that wasn't enough. Because if the police show up at my house and my kids are home with a babysitter, what are the police going to do? Well, my babysitter doesn't have legal authority to stay with my kids. In some cases, she might not even be over the age of 18. You know, many people have babysitters who are teenagers. And then they're going to have to locate my will. Well, where is my will going to be? Is it somewhere that people can easily find it? They're going to have to bring that will before the court and have a guardian appointed. During this time, the police could actually have to take the kids out of the home into Child Protective Services until Child Protective Services can figure out what to do. I was reading a story the other day where there were two kids that were, uh, their, their parents died under bad circumstances, um, and... There's all these family members out there who wanted to take the kids, but Child Protective Services was doing investigations, and in the meantime, the kids were in the arms of strangers. And as a mom, that was just not acceptable to me. I said, this cannot happen. So I created my own kids' protection plan for my family, and then I started using it for my clients, and they absolutely loved it, and I knew I had to get this information in the hands of parents everywhere. So we can go through yes, what parents that. need to do to create their own kids' protection plan right now. And you do have a website, kidsprotectionplan.com as well. That's they, exactly right, yes. At, at kidsprotectionplan.com, parents can read through these nine steps. So if you don't get them all down, I talk kind of fast. You can read through the nine steps on the kidsprotectionplan.com website and even take the first two steps of naming legal guardians for your kids for free with legal documentation right there on the website. So we can go ahead and get into the nine steps now if you'd like. Yeah, let's start okay. with step, step number one. In okay, the step number book. one is to choose the friends or family you'd want to raise your kids with your values if you were in an accident. Now, this is the one thing that holds most parents back from doing any sort of planning. They can't figure out who they would want to raise their kids. It's, it's a hard decision. Nobody's going to be as good as you. But if you don't decide who would raise your kids, it will be left up to a court to decide. And a court will not know what you want. A court will not know what your values are, 
what's important to you. If you value something about how your kids are raised, and I know you do, then you've got to document your choices and you've got to decide who it's going to be. So on the website, we guide people through a three-step process to choosing the right guardians. Okay, so that's the first step is to choose people you would want to raise your kids with your values if you're in an accident. And let me just mention one of the common mistakes that I see people make so that nobody will make that common mistake. You can read about five other common mistakes on the website. But one of the common mistakes that we see people make all the time is that they will rule out a specific guardian or a particular family or couple or person because that person or family doesn't have enough financial resources. That is the one thing you don't want to consider when you're considering who should raise your kids. You want to be thinking about who will love your kids the way that you want them to, who will raise your kids with your values, your parenting philosophy, your parenting style, not about financial resources because it is your job as a parent to provide enough financial resources, to provide the financial resources to make sure that your kids are going to be raised the way you want and to make sure that you've named someone to take care of those financial resources and maybe that person's not going to be the guardian. In fact, I like to name different people so that there's more of a check and a balance type situation, one person's taking care of the kids and one person's taking care of the money, if that's possible in your family. So that would be an executor of the estate, the person taking care of the money part, you mean? Yes, actually it would be the trustee um, because you always, and that's, that's actually step nine, we'll get to that in a minute, but you always want to provide for those financial resources in a trust for your kids because otherwise what will happen is those assets will go through the court process, the court will appoint a financial guardian, or if you've named a financial guardian to take care of the money, that person would take care of the money for the kids. But if it has to go through the court process, the court is going to award, uh, award the distribution of those assets to your kids and then order the outright distribution of those assets when your kids turn 18, which is far too young for anybody to be receiving any sort of an inheritance. And so you always want to make sure that you're naming a trustee to take care of that money for your kids until your kids are old enough, until you decide that they're old enough to receive that money. And on the guardian side, you should also have successor guardians in case the first ones are Absolutely. That's another one of the six common mistakes people make, Jordan, is that they don't name enough alternative guardians. I'll see sometimes people will name just their sister or just their sister and their brother. Well, that's a mistake. You can't name just, you can, but you don't want to name just one because what if something happens to that person? What if they're in an accident with you? You always want to have backups. I recommend having at least three, at least three. And another common mistake we see is that sometimes people will name a couple, so they'll name their sister and their brother-in-law, but they don't really mean that they want both people. They would want both of them if they were married and living together, but if their sister was in an accident with them, they wouldn't really want their brother-in-law taking care of the kids. They would want the kids to go on to the next choice or the alternate, alternate guardian. So that's really important to consider as well. All right, let's do step two in the uh, family protection plan, kids protection plan here. Step two is to legally document your choice of at least three friends or family members in first, second, and third order as long-term guardians for your kids. So you're going to be considering who you would be willing to have raise your kids for the long term, and you're going to name those people in first, second, and third order. You can have as many as you want, but I recommend that you have at least three and you rank them in the order that you would want them. So that's step two. Okay, and then step three? Step three is to choose local friends or family. And when I say local, I mean within 20 minutes, who your kids know, love, and trust, who would be able to go to your house immediately or to school if your kids were at school and comfort your kids and keep them secure until your long-term guardians could arrive and take over. See, all of my family is on the East Coast, and that's the case for a lot of people. We're so mobile today. A lot of us don't have any local family. So, great, we're naming guardians, but our guardians might live thousands of miles away or even hundreds of miles away. In that case, you want to name local people, local friends or family, who would be able to immediately come over and uh, take care of your kids until those long-term care guardians could arrive. And where would that information be held so that, you know, if you died, who would know who those local people are to call? Right. To, how would that work? Well, that's step four. Step four, and, and it's actually step four and five and six. Um, that is, number four is to legally document your choice of these local temporary guardians. So you're going to create legal documentation that says, 
This is who I name to take care of my kids in the short term. If anything happens to me, I don't want Child Protective Services to come in and take my kids out of my home. These people have legal authority from me to stay with my kids. Then you want to give that documentation to the people that you've named as short-term guardians so that they'll have it if they're called upon and they'll be able to bring it right over if you're in an accident and you want them to have that in hand. Then, number six, so this is now... So they would, like, bring that to the school or bring that absolutely. to some authority and absolutely. say, here, I yeah, have they, power that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then step six is you want to instruct uh, your caregivers, your babysitters, whoever stays with your kids, as to who to call if you don't come home. You say, don't call the police. Call these people I've named and given legal documentation to as short-term guardians. And you should also carry a family emergency ID card in your wallet at all times that identifies you as a parent with minor children and has the names and phone numbers of your short-term guardians on it. So if you are in an accident, somebody finds you, the police are going through your wallet, they will see the card in your wallet that says, I have minor children at home, here are the people who have legal authority to stay with them, those people can be contacted and immediately go to your children. Is that family emergency ID card on the website? Uh, the family emergency ID card is is not on the website. It is something that, so basically when you go through the kids' protection plan, as I said, you can do the first two steps online for free, and then there's a service that you can purchase for pretty low fees so that you can actually get the whole kids' protection plan taken care of. But this is, again, something you could also do on your own, basically a laminated card. It says... Who you're, na- who you're naming, and tells people exactly what to do if anything happens to you. Now, this is something you would give to the kids as well. You could actually give it to the kids to keep in their backpacks, absolutely. Right, okay, very good. All right, very good. We're learning a lot of very interesting things here. This is uh, Jordan Goodman, your host, with our, my guest Alexis Martin-Neely, uh, the founder of the Family Wealth Planning Institute in California, and we'll be back after this. Line in Business, Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit. And grow your business with Aldana Ambler and the Grow Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker, The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, The Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellent and both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Alexis Martin-Neely, who's a personal family lawyer 
uh, the founder of the Family Wealth Planning Institute in California. Welcome back to the show, Alexis. Thanks, Jordan. We're going through all the different steps uh, of the Kids Protection Plan, uh, and now we're on step seven. So let's tell us how that works. Right. So step seven is to tell your long-term guardians. So now you've, you've, you've named your long-term guardians, you've named your short-term guardians, you've given instructions to your caregivers as to what to do in the immediate term, you've got the ID card in your wallet. Now you've got to tell your long-term guardians what to do if they're called upon, called upon and where to find your long-term guardianship documents. So you want to give these guardians specific instructions about how you want your kids raised, the values, insights, stories, and experiences you want to leave for your children. The more guidance that you can provide about this, the better, because if your guardians are called upon to raise your kids, they want to raise your kids the way you want them to be raised. And you don't want to leave this to chance. You want to give as specific instruction as you possibly can about how you would want your kids raised. And I think it's a great opportunity for you as a parent to really think about what is it that you do want for your children? What are the life lessons that you want to pass on? If we start thinking about these things when our children are young, now the chances are that that you're not going to have to have guardians ever do this, that you're going to be able to do it. But just by going through the process of identifying the life lessons you want to pass on, what your values are, it's going to make you a better parent just for the time it takes to raise your kids because so many of us get caught up in the day-to-day of regular life and we don't focus on these things. And all of a sudden our kids are teenagers and they're learning their values from their friends instead of from you as parents. So I recommend you do this no matter what, even if you're not worried that something might happen to you. I know that what you want is to prepare your kids for life without you. Not because you're going to die sometime, but because you want them to be independent, self-reliant, and fulfilled in their own life. And so you've got to plan for that ahead. Should these documents be kept not in a safe deposit box? or where No, is no, no. That's them? one of the big mistakes people make, and it's very frustrating when people keep their will in their safe deposit box because we need your will to get into your safe deposit box. So I recommend that you don't keep uh, your, your uh, planning documents in your safe deposit box. Uh, ideally, you'll have them somewhere in your home that somebody would be able to find them easily. Uh, in our office, when we're working with our clients, we keep electronic copies of all of their documents, and then we keep their original will in a fireproof safe in our office that we'd be able to access. Uh, so really, you want to keep them somewhere safe in your home, and I would keep an electronic record as well of all of your documents. Okay, let's go on to step number eight then. All right, then step number eight is to, and this is very often overlooked by people, is to be sure to exclude anyone you know you would never want raising your kids so they could never challenge your decision. So you actually name them, is that right? Yes, but you want to do this in a very careful way, okay, because this is very likely never to happen. So you don't want to let someone know that they were excluded, because they don't need to know they were excluded. But if you have someone in your family that you know you would not want to raise your kids under any circumstances, what I recommend you do is create a confidential exclusion of guardians. And so you create a document, it's confidential exclusion, you list out the reasons that you're excluding them, and you put this away in a safe place that would only be opened by, your law, by the people you chose as guardians if, this person that you've named tried to take custody of your kids. That have way, you actually they, seen that happen? Oh, certainly, yes. I mean, think about the family that I told you about in San Diego. The, these, the, the two sisters that were fighting were the two sisters of the mom. And uh, she did not want, or, or apparently did not want, one of these sisters to take guardianship of her kids. We don't actually know that to be true because she hadn't put anything in writing. But if that was the case, if that was the case, then if she would have had a confidential exclusion of guardian, what would have happened is that when the sister she didn't want attempted to take uh, custody of the kids, this document would have been brought forward by the guardian who was named to the person who was being named as guardian and or, or who was uh, attempting to challenge the guardian decision. And then that person would have absolutely dropped their, their, their attempt to challenge because this document's going to have some embarrassing information in it. If there's a writing in place from the parents that says, 
I absolutely don't want my kids raised by this person, the court is very, very unlikely to name them as a guardian. I mean, this is this is documented writing that the parent doesn't want this person. Yeah. And so they would not be able to be successful with their challenge and would very likely drop their challenge, saving the family a whole lot of money and court fees, a whole lot of time and, uh, and, and expense. There was a case in Pennsylvania a few years ago about um, a... Uh, a mom who died, and the father uh, was left to raise the child. And after the ch- after the father, uh, after the mom died, the father decided that grandma, mom's mom, was not going to be able to see the child anymore. Now, dad insisted that this was something him and mom had talked about before she died, and that she also didn't want grandma to be involved in the child's life. Well, we don't know if that's true or not because there was nothing put in writing. The court, after several years of litigation, did ultimately award the grandma visitation with this child, but we have no idea if that was the right outcome because there was nothing in writing from mom. We don't really know what mom wanted. And so you've got to put that in writing. You've got to document what it is that you want so that you can be heard about your children's care even if you're not there. Okay, and then uh, step number nine, and again, we're talking about the Kids Protection Plan, which people can find out about at uh, kidsprotectionplan.com. There's also a phone number for Alexis, which is 866-999-3974 to find out more about this at the Family Wealth Planning Institute. But do go ahead with step number nine. Okay, step number nine, Jordan, is to make sure that you take care of the money that you're leaving behind for your kids. So every person in America, if they have kids, has got to take care of the first eight steps. Now, for a whole big subset of those folks, you're also going to be leaving behind money. I hope all of you are leaving behind money because otherwise your children are going to be dependent on the care of the state for money or on the care of your friends and family members for money, and we've seen that happen. Uh, and, And what happens if you don't leave behind a plan for that money, even if it's only a little bit, is that it makes it very, very difficult for your family. So let's take a look at what that means. We had, uh, we're working on a pro bono case where both parents were killed and uh, there's uh, three children that are left behind and these parents did not have a lot of money. They only had about $50,000. But for this family, $50,000 was a lot. It took the aunt who was raising these kids years to get control of this money for the benefit of the kids. She needed to buy them clothing, books, uh, beds. She didn't even have beds for them, and she couldn't get access to this money because it had to go through the court process, and, and it's an expensive court process, and it's a long court process, and it was held up and held up and held up, and she was having to come up with the money to take care of these kids out of her own pocket until she finally got access to just this little bit of money. If you have more money... It's even more important because what will happen is that the court is going to order the distribution of this money. In some states, that takes a really long time. In other states, it's shorter. But in every state, it's completely public. Probate is public. And so if you are leaving behind substantial money, you probably don't want anybody to know how much your kids are receiving because your kids can become victims of predators who are looking for young and inexperienced people to take advantage of. And if the probate, if the, if the process is totally public, then anybody can find out how much your, kid, your kids are receiving. And if you haven't, uh, if you haven't established a trust for the benefit of, of the money that your kids will receive, then that money can be awarded to them outright at 18. Nobody wants their kids to receive any money at 18, I'm quite sure. Uh, not if they want them to have it into their later years because a kid receives money, even if you know, it's a couple hundred thousand dollars at 18, well, that seems like it'll last them their lifetime. They may decide not to go to college, thinking, oh, they can just live on this money, but it will be blown very, very quickly. And uh, then uh, the, the family is going to have to pay a whole lot of unnecessary expenses, and the, and the parents are not able to protect the money for their kids. So what I recommend is that anybody who's going to be leaving any money to their kids do so in trust so that after they're gone, their loved ones, whoever's taking care of this money, what we call the trustee, is going to be able to easily access the money immediately in a protected way. They're not going to have to wait for the court intervention. It's going to be completely private. Nothing needs to be filed in the court that would tell anybody who's receiving how much money and what they're receiving. And the parents get to decide how and when the kids receive their money. 
Very good. All right, we've gone through all nine steps of the Kids Protection Plan, and it's been very fascinating. Uh, we're going to come back and go on to how you could actually implement all, all this as well. Right. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show, and my guest is Alexis Martinelli, the founder and president of the Family Wealth Planning Institute in Redondo Beach, California. We'll be back after this. Line in business. Voice America business. Jordan Goodman has created the Money Answers Network to put at his listeners' fingertips the very best personal finance products and services that he has found in his 30 years of research. If you have a money question, Jordan Goodman has a money answer. To find out more, go to www.moneyanswers.com. The Money Answers Network features top products and services in virtually every area of personal finance, car buying, and leasing, college financing, credit debt, financial planning, investing, insurance, legal services, mortgages, retirement planning, wills, and more. Only businesses that have demonstrated excellence in both their products and services are invited to become members of the Money Answers Network. The public can sign up for membership in the Money Answers Network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources. To learn more, visit www.moneyanswers.com. Get ahead with Money Answers. Achieve total wealth management. Listen to three-dimensional wealth with Rory Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, right here on Voice America Business. Three-dimensional wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a value-based approach to comprehensive wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road to financial independence. Listen to three-dimensional wealth with Rory Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Have you ever had a bad day and wish someone could come along and change it at the flip of a switch? Do you dream of living the life of wealth, great relationships, and the perfect job, but don't know where to start? Then tune into The Winner's Attitude with corporate trainers, motivators, authors, and hosts, Jeff and Val G. No difficult strategies or complicated keys. Jeff and Val present a powerful and effective technology to switch your operating system to create the most amazing life. It has been said that winners have simply formed the habit of doing amazing things. Winner know how to activate that switch and so can you the winner's attitude with jeff and val g broadcast each friday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern on the voice america business channel the winner's attitude switch me on the bottom line in business voice america business You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host, and my guest this hour is Alexis Martin-Neely, who is the president of the Family Wealth Planning Institute uh, in Redondo Beach, California. Uh, The... uh, Website to find out more about that um, is uh, there's one called kidsprotectionplan.com, and their phone number is 866-999-3974. Welcome back to the show, Alexis. Thanks, Jordan. And I also want to let folks know about another website um, for people who don't have kids or if you uh, do have kids but you want to receive a, uh, a weekly family wealth building secret from me, uh, that is at familywealthmatters.com. FamilyWealthMatters.com has all sorts of information about passing on your financial wealth, passing on your family wealth, your values, insights, stories, and experiences, whether you have kids or not. If you're a business owner, there's some resources there for you about how to structure your business uh, in the best possible way and uh, other resources for women to learn how to take control of their life and be emotionally, spiritually, and financially free. So that's FamilyWealthMatters.com. Great. Okay, we've gone through the nine steps. Um, now, you, you talk about different options as to implementing this. The first option is that you can do it yourself. Who would be a good candidate for doing all this themselves? Uh, a good candidate for, for do-it-yourself is someone who has minor children. You know you've got to get guardian's names for your minor kids. You know you've got to get a kid's protection plan in place. But you really don't have any money or assets 
that would go through the court process if anything happened to you. And you're not too worried about what would happen to the financial part of what you own. In that case, you can really do it yourself. Uh, you can do some things on kidsprotectionplan.com. You can maybe put in place a health care directive and a durable power of attorney to make sure that somebody could make legal and financial decisions for you if you were incapacitated. So, so, so anybody who's not, who doesn't really have the money or the assets that they're concerned about is a candidate for do-it-yourself. But if you've got any sort of financial assets, a business, a house, money in the bank, retirement accounts, or substantial life insurance. And, you know, by substantial life insurance, I'm thinking 500000 and up, that sort of thing. Um, then you are going to want to not do it yourself because it's just uh, too important to make sure that you're doing it right because the consequences of not doing it right can be very, very uh, painful for your family and your loved ones who are going to be taking care of things after you're gone. And the lawyer has to be licensed in your state, right? They don't have to be resident in the state, but they do have to be licensed in your state to do That's right. All of this is state-specific. So you do want to find a lawyer who is licensed in your state. And ideally, you want to find a lawyer who is not just a document drafter. Uh, there's lots and lots of lawyers out there who practice in, you know, who dabble in wills and trusts. Okay, you don't want someone who dabbles in wills and trusts. This is a specialized area of law, and you want to have someone who this is what they do all day, every day, is, a, uh, is, is they do estate planning for, for families. But you're and, saying more than just estate planning, which is, as you call it, the document factory. Right. You want somebody that's kind of looking at your whole situation and then be there on an ongoing basis. I mean, if things do change, you have new kids or the That's guardian right. dies or That's right. trustees change, That this is an ongoing process is what you're right. saying. Right. So you want someone who not only specializes in estate planning, so not a generalist. You don't want someone who also does criminal and divorce and personal injury. You want someone who just does uh, the estate planning. But even more important than that, you want someone who is not just a document drafter. If all you want is documents, there's plenty of online services and books that you can get to prepare your own legal documents. And that's the same thing that you're going to get if you just go to a standard document drafting lawyer because they're just going to put in place a set of documents for you. And the chances are that at the end of your life, those documents aren't going to work because they're not going to be updated over time. So you want to find a lawyer who's got a business model set up to keep you informed throughout your lifetime, to make sure that your plan gets updated throughout your lifetime, to make sure that changes get made, to make sure that uh, as your assets change, that that gets updated, uh, to make sure that all of your assets are owned in the right way, not only initially when you first create your estate plan, but throughout your lifetime. And it's also going to help guide you on other issues. So, for example, with our clients, if they have any sort of a financial transaction they're enter entering into, any sort of a legal transaction, we want them to call us first because we're going to be able to give them objective and trusted guidance as to what the best thing to do is. I've just seen, you know, I was reading in the paper a few weeks ago about all of these people that were being taken advantage of by these credit-type companies with the whole foreclosures going on, and they thought that they were doing the right thing by hiring one of these companies to try and save their house, and they ended up actually losing their house after going through this whole process and spending all of this money. These are not the types of decisions you should be making without the guidance of a trusted lawyer. The problem, Jordan, is that for most people, that has been unaffordable and inaccessible. People think, well, I'm not Warren Buffett, I'm not Bill Gates, I can't afford a personal lawyer. But actually, you can. You can afford a personal lawyer. You can have access to a personal lawyer. You just have to find one that doesn't work on an hourly billing model. That How about some of these services? That makes sense for you. How about some of these national services uh, that kind of do prepaid, like prepaid legal, something like that? Is that a good idea? I love the idea of prepaid legal. I actually tried out prepaid legal myself because I just thought it was such a great idea. And for people that can't afford anything else, then prepaid legal is a great idea. What we did, what I did, is I actually structure our business model based a little bit on the prepaid uh, legal business model. But what happened when I used prepaid legal is that I didn't have a personal relationship with the lawyer I was assigned. I was assigned to, I, I decided I had to try this out because it sounded so great. So I, was, I tried it out. I was assigned to a lawyer 
and this lawyer wrote some letters on my behalf. But then the next time that I had to use a lawyer, I was assigned to a different lawyer. So there was not any sort of a continuity of care throughout my lifetime. I decided to create something for people who wanted to have the same access to a personal lawyer but could afford a a little bit more than prepaid legal, not a whole lot more, but a little bit more than prepaid legal, to get a relationship with their own personal family lawyer, their own legal advisor that's going to be able to guide them through their lifetime, helping them to make the best legal and financial decisions, and then, even most importantly, Jordan, be there for their family when they couldn't be. And so I'm now training lawyers throughout the United States on how to use this business model so that they can get back to the reason they went to law school, which was to make a difference in their clients' lives, to be problem solvers, to be trusted advisors as personal family lawyers. And people can find out more information about that at uh, personalfamilylawyer.com. You say that if people don't do it right, there's a lot of uh, family wealth can leak out to strangers uh, through divorce and lawsuits and unavoidable estate taxes end up as part of the unclaimed property pool that a lot of states have. That's exactly right. We're running out of time. Just briefly tell us how some of those things can be avoided. One of the things that we do in our office to make sure that none of our clients' assets end up with the state of California, because that's a big concern of people, is that we create what we call a family wealth inventory. At the beginning of our process, we have folks come in for a family wealth planning session. And during this family wealth planning session, it's really about getting your financial house in order as much as anything else. We're going to take a look at everything, help people get organized, and show them here's what would happen to you. Here's what would happen to your assets. Here's what would happen to your kids if something happened to you now. If they decide that's not what they would want, we then are able to design a plan for them to make sure that things would go the way that they would want them to if anything were to happen. As part of that plan design, what we are also going to do is create a family wealth inventory. This is an Excel spreadsheet listing out all of their assets, all of their property, bank accounts, brokerage accounts, retirement accounts, life insurance. And this is a document, this family wealth inventory is a document that we keep updated or the client can keep updated if they'd like to do it on their own throughout their lifetime to make sure that their assets, that their loved ones will know what to look for when something happens. Right now, there's $5.2 billion in the California Department of Unclaimed Property. And a lot of that got there because people didn't know what to look for when a loved one died. So they overlooked insurance, retirement accounts, or small bank accounts, sometimes large bank accounts, and those assets end up going to the state of California and not to your family. So what you can do for your family is take care of this planning and make sure it stays up to date over time and make sure you've got a family wealth inventory with your documents that stays updated throughout your lifetime so that your loved ones know exactly what to look for if anything happens to you. Well, as we close, Alexis, just uh, give people the phone number and website they can reach you uh, at again and uh, tell them what you can get from uh, all the wonderful things you're offering here. Right. Thank you, Jordan. The best website uh, for anybody to go to, regardless of if you're a business owner, a parent, or uh, just a, a regular person who really cares about your family and wants to make sure that things are as easy for them as possible if anything happens to you, is FamilyWealthMatters.com. That's where you can sign up for a free Family Wealth uh, Building Secret. Every week I send that out in our online Family Wealth Secrets online magazine. You can also get our Family Wealth Matters newsletter, the Kids Protection Plan at KidsProtectionPlan.com and find your own neighborhood personal family lawyer at personalfamilylawyer.com. Thanks so much, Jordan. Thanks so much, Alexis. It's really been fascinating, and audience, you should really take advantage of these things before it causes lots of problems. Thanks again, and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.